0: Welcome Cornerstone Church. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. We have got some fun stuff. Worship was awesome. I'm excited to jump in. As always, everybody here is missing you and wishing, uh, hoping that you're staying safe and uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully. But today I want to thank you personally for all the encouraging notes and all the encouraging messages and even some text messages from some of you saying, hey, we loved it. And so I'm a words of affirmation person. If you've ever read the book, that's my love language. And the great thing is the Word of God is one of the most encouraging uh, words that we can have. So I want to jump into it because last week we talked about how we are jars of clay. This is your little reminder if you saw it, but if you missed last week, you won't have to worry about it because this week will pick up on its own. But we are going to continue the study in 2 Corinthians 4. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by the Word of God. I want to jump into the Word of God. And today is a little different but yet the same as last week. So last week we talked about us being jars, God's power, and how it's broken out. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth today. So if you're ready, you guys ready? Everybody ready? Let's jump into it with 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 4.16. This is our main verse. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. No one has ever come to church waiting for that message that makes them lose heart. And I'm not sure any preacher has preached a message that made people lose heart. That's just not what we do. We are created to want to have heart, to be renewed day by day. So today we're going to take this verse, we're going to break it down, and we're going to learn how to not lose heart and how to be renewed day by day. And so I'm excited about that. And Paul made renewal because Paul wrote 2 Corinthians. He made renewal a huge thing. When you read any of his writings, you will see renewal in there. In this writing alone, we see see the idea of do not lose heart six times in 18 chapters. Whenever I say something to my kids six times in 18 sentences, they typically know I'm being serious and I'm trying to make a point. So today I want to listen to what Paul's saying. I want to learn what he's talking about and I want to put it in our hearts and in our minds. So with that said, we must address something. This makes me super happy because when he says, therefore, we do not lose heart, it means that somebody (laughs) has lost heart. And so he's coming up and saying, listen, listen, I know you've lost heart, but we don't lose heart. And here's the formula for us not losing heart. And so what he's doing is he's basically doing something that I've seen in one of my favorite movies. Okay. If you've ever seen Billy Madison, there's a part where Billy Madison goes in. He's an adult in his classroom. He goes on a vacation or a field trip. His little buddy accidentally goes to the bathroom in his pants. So, Billy, who's an adult in this grade school, puts water on his pants and he says one of the greatest lines of the movie peeing your pants is the coolest. Okay? And what he was saying was everybody who pees their pants is cool. Everybody has peed their pants at one time and we just have to get over it. And this is kind of the th- thing that we're dealing with today. In the worst sermon illustration ever, we are dealing with not losing heart, okay? We are dealing with the fact that some people have and we cannot, and Paul is putting something out there for us to learn. So I wanna explore the next few, ch- next few few verses and realize What and try to figure out what he is saying to us and how we can apply it to our lives. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, and we'll break this down in an exegetical study. It says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. What an encouraging scripture. Anyone ever feel these things? Has anybody ever been hard-pressed? Has anybody ever been perplexed? Has anyone been persecuted or struck down? I have, and I got a bunch of people shaking their heads up here. So if that's the case, then all of you at home are probably dealing with the same thing. We are jars of clay. So when we deal with these things, then they mean something a little bit more because we are so fragile, but we have that treasure inside us that we learned last week. We ha- we're so fragile. So when we're perplexed or we're, we're being, we're being hard pressed, we feel that. And it's, it's at this point where we're almost ready to break, but God steps in. The wonderful thing about God is that he has a but not statement for anything you're going through. He's hard pressed, on we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, but not in despair, but not abandoned, but not destroyed. So whatever you're going through here on this stage or at home, there is a but not statement from God. You're going through this, but not with God. This looks like this, but not with God. And so what we tend to do is we tend to forget that fact that God has these but not statements. But the thing I hate about this verse, okay, yes, there's something that you can hate about this scripture. And it's pretty simple. What I hate about this verse is that it's written by Paul. And you say, well, how in the world can you hate something written by Paul? When Paul is telling us these things, you have to understand where he's coming from. And what I wanna do is I wanna read a verse in scripture to you. It's, it's uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 21 through 33. Sounds real long, but we're gonna fly through it. And it's Paul talking about his own, his own life. And he says this, I have worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Are we all excited and encouraged? Uh, once I was pelted with stones, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, which is the scariest thing I can ever think of, just to be honest. And it says, I have been constantly on the move. Now, that's not it. He continues. And it says this, I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews. I've been in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea. And in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and had often gone without sleep. But then he says this. Oh, I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked beside everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Here's what I hate about this coming from Paul is that our coach on how to be renewed and how to not lose heart went through the worst things ever. So anytime I feel like I read this and Paul's in the building, I'd be like, Paul, you don't understand what I'm going through. He would go, you sissy, you don't know what I went through. Like, that's what I feel like when I read this. Like, how can Paul... How could, how could I even put myself next to Paul when talking about my trials and my tribulation? Listen, my, my you know, my Cocoa Krispies got soggy. That was the worst thing I've had happen to me today. You know, and so so Paul has this great understanding of what, it takes to get through and not lose heart. And I wanna hear from that. I wanna know about that. I wanna talk about that a little bit more. A.W. Tozer said this, and it's, it's one of those statements that just uh, hits you right in the face. It is doubtful God can bless any man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. See, God has this ability. He lets you get pressed. He lets you get perplexed. He lets you get persecuted, struck down. And he allows that darkness to ascend on you. And at the last moment... He goes, oh, I know it seems horrible, but watch this. And he snaps his finger in the light of Christ and the glory of Christ and the glory of God shine in that dark place. And you don't get crushed. You don't get broken because he is there to sustain us. And the great thing about Paul is in his mind, this was a guarantee. He knew that whatever you're going through, whatever we're going through, he knew Paul in his mind that it was guaranteed it would not crush him. What a cool thought. I know everybody wants to get to the idea of how do I renew day by day, but what we have to do is keep going through these verses because we'll get there. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 10 through 11. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that. So we're given over to death so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Being a Christian and specifically this part where it says for we are alive or, for we who are alive are always being given over to death. We are dying all the time because that is one of the callings of being a Christian. We die to self in order that Christ's life may also be revealed in our mortal body. We are called to not satisfy our natural desires at times so that, or rather, we die to ourself, we die to our desires so that Christ can shine through us. Anybody on this stage uh, love that about their Christianity? No, it's the hardest thing for us to do is to deny self and take up what Christ wants us to do. My grandpa was a Marine and I had other family members who were Navy men. Well, my grandfather was the stronger personality at all of them. He always used to say and make comments that the Navy were simply taxis for the guys who got the work done. That was his thing. And he would share that with everybody. And then the Navy guys would say, and the family would say, whatever, you guys can't even get to the fight if it wasn't for us. That's how, that's how horrible you are. And there was always these ban- fun banterings back and forth. But I think, I think we're like the Navy and my grandpa's, you know, understanding we're like the Navy and Jesus is like the Marines. We pick them up and we take them to the, we, we take them to the fight and we get out of the way. Right? So our job as Christians is to go, okay, inside of me, I have this life and inside of me, I need to bring Jesus to every battle that we face inside of me. And what's inside of me is a power that I can't even comprehend. Last week we learned that it is, it is an all sufficient power. It goes exceedingly above what we can ask or think. And it's, and it's amazing to me how many times we go through difficult scenarios and what we try to do is clean up the jar of clay, make it look nice and we forget to bring Christ to the fight. And I say this because I do some marriage counseling. And anytime in marriage counseling, I talk to people who are, uh, who are going through a difficult time. I ask, have you prayed about this? Have you prayed for each other? Have you, have you sought God about this? And there are a lot of times the answer is almost all the time. The answer is no. And I just, and I, in, my, in my idea, I go, okay, well, that's your first homework. You need to bring Christ to the fight. You have to bring him to the fight. And here's the issue if you don't. If you don't bring Christ to the fight, 2 Corinthians tells, uh, verse 12 tells us this. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. If we don't bring Christ to the fight, there is no life that can be given in that situation. I want the giver of life to be in the middle of my death. And what this is saying is, and Paul was writing it. No, you can go back one. That would be great to 2 Corinthians 4.12. So then death is at work in us. Us, meaning the messengers But life is at work in you, the Corinthian listeners. So when we speak, when we speak and we act and we do certain things, life can come out of our bodies, out of our speech because Christ is involved. I wonder if we grasp that. I wonder wonder if we, who all of us, we all struggle with mostly the same stuff. I wonder if we realize how important that is that when we speak and when we act, life comes out of our words. One of the things I wonder is, what would a Christian look like if this statement was our mission statement for life? I wonder if our death is someone else's resurrection, if that statement was our mission statement and we lived out the idea that our death is someone else's resurrection, what that would change in how we live. So if I know I walk in a room and there's a hundred people in there and I know that Christ is within me, then I know that I have life that I can bring to all hundred people in that room if I need to. And what happens is I come in and sometimes what I do is I come in in my own power. I come in in my own weakness. I come in in whatever it is and I miss the opportunity to shine that light. We do it at work. We do it at church. We do it at family outings. Our pride gets in the way at times. Our gossip gets in the way at times. Our attitude at work gets in the way at times. Our treatment of others gets in the way at times. And we, we do not bring Christ to the fight. Can I be honest with you where my weakness is? I don't prioritize relationships like I should. There are times that I missed great opportunities to kick in the door with the light of Christ and go, but listen, this is what you need right now. You're going through this difficult time. Let me just share with you just a minute this scripture. And instead I kept the door, locked it and said, man, I'm too busy. That's my problem. That's something that I need to die to self with. And everybody here on this stage, all of you at home in the Cornerstone family and what we learned is even those of you overseas all of us need to die to self at some point so that we can give life to others. I, I love that idea because I look at myself and go, there's no way I have anything to add to anybody's life. But when I know that Christ is in me, I know the power that I could share with others. What is it for you? What do you need to die to? Let's go on. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 15. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. It's all kinds of crazy, but we'll get there. All this is, your, is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. One of the first things that you can do is right here. Believe, therefore speak. One of the first things you could do to die to self is learn to speak up about Christ. And the, and the, and the great thing is in verse 14, that is, when, that, is our, that is our promise that we get from him because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present ourselves to him. That's eternity. That's unbelievable. And so we have this great promise. We have all this going on. But what I love and what just gets me crazy excited is verse 15. Because when we speak up, it says all of this, all of this speaking up is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Because why? Because when we speak when we speak up to God, when we speak up, what happens, in, or we speak up to others about God, the grace of God and what He did for us reaches people's hearts and changes people's lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they realize that they need the same thing. And then they look at this and they go, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. God is amazing. God's grace is amazing. And so then they turn around and take the grace that more people are hearing, and it causes them to give thanksgiving that overflows to God, the giver of grace but it's hard to speak. It's hard to, be, it's hard to be that person that shares that thing. I know, I'm, I sometimes hate speaking up because I always go, Christians have been notoriously bad at speaking up. They've abused people with their verbiage and their language at times. And I just don't want to be that Christian. Has anyone else on here felt that way? Because, okay, good, a couple of us. Thanks, that makes me feel good. It's kind of like the whole pee in your pants thing. So I appreciate that. When we as Christians bring Christ to the fight, grace is exposed and, and we, we share the gospel, not motivation. It's no good if I go to somebody and go, you're good enough, you're smart enough, you can do this. That has no power outside of the gospel. The gospel is where the power lands. Jesus' death and resurrection on a cross is amazing. But when we do not speak up in weakness, we do not give God the opportunity to bring power and resurrection out of our mouths. If you're afraid like me, Start small. Can I pray with you? Follow that up with, hey, how'd everything go? I'm still praying. Follow that up with, hey, I know this man named Jesus that could do anything for you. Boom. Get in the habit of speaking up. Get in the habit of realizing that your words through the power of Jesus Christ can change a life, can bring resurrection to a life. And I sometimes, and I, and I know that seems overwhelming to you, but start small, get big. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. We are now back to the very first verse that we started with. And so this is the crux of the message. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. When you see the word therefore, what it's saying is because of everything we just learned, because Christ is revealed when we speak, because the church is benefiting, more people are seeing the grace of God, because God will bring life, through that, because we will be raised with Christ and because God would be glorified. These things are what Paul talked about. It's like, a, like if this was the building, then you would have some blocks here and this would be a block and that would be a block. We talked about all of those. And we do not lose heart, therefore, therefore we do not lose heart because of all of those things supporting. That's how Paul got through. And that's what I wanna learn. I wanna know how Paul did it. How, did, how in the world did he go through all those things that we just rambled off? And then it says, yet inwardly, we are go, being renewed day by day. There are no spiritual booster shots. There are no shots that I can just go, okay, I wanna be strong spiritually, give me this. And someone gives it to me. I wish a I wish hundred times over that I could just get on my Xbox with my boys and play Fortnite. And then all of a sudden spiritually charge up. Cause that would be a couple hours, you know, a few hours a week that I'd be charging up, but it doesn't happen that way. It takes more than a mountaintop experience. It takes more than Sunday mornings for us to understand the idea of being renewed day by day because there are no spiritual booster shots. We have to put, we have to put effort into it. Let's read where the effort comes from because it's Colossians 3, 9 through 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed Check this out. In knowledge, in the image of its, its being your new self's creator. You say, "What in the world is that talking about?" It's pretty awesome. So your new self is the new person, the person you come, when you become a Christian. That's who you are. You're a new person. You're wash, washed white as snow. We we sang about it in two songs, basically. But when you're being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator, your new self's creator, what is awesome about this is when we step in and we begin to do things with Christ, we begin to develop that relationship with Christ, we become new. We are being renewed. And what happens is the new person becomes more like Christ. And I think we forget sometimes how powerful that is. I think we are becoming more and more like him and learning more and more about him when we dedicate ourselves to being renewed day by day. God has designed it so that the the condition of our heart is is profoundly influenced by the the inputs in our head. Romans 1 through two. A lot of us know this verse, but think about what I just said. Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That sounds like dying to Christ to me. And then, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a scripture we all know. I think all of us want renewed. If you're a Christian today, you should want to be renewed day by day. But we have to place ourselves in a position of renewal. It's not a Sunday thing. It's a frequent thing. And I didn't say a daily thing. I said a frequent thing because anybody up here ever miss Monday on a time with God? Anybody ever miss? All of us do. But we have to make it frequent enough that we're being renewed to be able to last and do what God has called us to do. It does not happen naturally. It does not happen with an Xbox controller in your hand with your kids for a couple days. This is how it has to happen your inputs have to lead to renewal because your inputs dictate your renewal. And so what do I listen to? I'm not telling you to stop listening to certain music. I'm not telling you to stop reading different books. I'm not telling you to stop watching certain, certain shows. What I am telling you is watch your inputs to make sure that you're still giving inputs to allow for renewal. It's, it's, it's okay to listen or watch or do whatever that brings fun, but the minute that we stop putting things into our lives that bring renewal, the minute we start re- stop renewing. And then we find ourselves in a place where we're stale and what comes out of our mouth is more self power than God power. And I don't want to bring that to anyone's life in the middle of our trials, in the middle of our sickness, in the middle of the things that we deal with Paul in the middle of it, almost costing his life still knew how important renewal was. He still knew that. And he pushes that with us. If death to self is part of our purpose, We'll get wore out quick and we will, need, we will need to have something renewing us daily. If you're at home, you're sitting there and you're going, Scott, this is for me. I've just been struggling. I'm not doing it. You can be revived. You can be renewed in the middle of your mess or in the middle of your blessing. You can be renewed. And the more, renewing in our, the more we renew in our knowledge of Christ, the more we will leak everything good the more that'll happen is, what'll happen is when the spin cycle life gets turned on and we're renewing daily, then you will leak the very thing that can save life, renew spirits, and bring resurrection to others. Because that is our job. That is our purpose. One of them anyways. And it's not a small thing. I mean, think about the implication, you guys, that we're talking about up here. Think about what can happen in your families. Think about what can happen in your families. Think about what can happen with your kids and with your spouse, with your brothers, with your sisters, with your coworkers. We're talking about something that can change the eternity of everybody in your cloud of influence if we will simply renew ourselves day by day. You say, Scott, this sounds like a huge ordeal. It is. I'm overwhelmed just talking about it. Like I wanna go home and just sit on the couch and think about doing it before I even do anything because it's that overwhelming. But the statement that I want to share with you is this. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles make me laugh. This is Paul's way. This is Paul who we're dealing with, remember? Paul knows that our life is but a moment in eternity. (laughs) So when he says your light and momentary troubles. Number one, light to Paul is very, you know, it's kind of like I, you know, I faced everything. And so your stuff is so light, but it might just feel like it's 500 pounds on us. You know, it might be super heavy. And then he says momentary. If we live 90 years in eternity, that's momentary. So he is not pinpointing that this might only be two hours or it only might be only a week. He's pointing that it could last 40 years. And however, eternity, what he's trying to get to, outweighs all of that. Your momentary troubles have meaning and they have life-changing powers through Christ. Understand that. Let's go to Second Corinthians 4:18, last verse. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. When he says the word so here, so we fix our eyes on Christ. It is, uh, here is what we need to do. So he says, so what we need to do is fix our eyes. Fix our eyes not on silly things. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about God. What is, you know, what is the eternal purpose of me drinking 1% milk or 2% milk? He's talking about having a mindset that is eternal and focused on the unseen. Sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss the opportunity to see exactly what God wants to do in the unseen world. Cause we're so concerned with what's going on with this jar of clay. We try to tidy this up. We try to make things work. We try to look at our scenarios, but it never works out in the way it should. When we do that, because we are not focused on the right stuff. I truly believe in this idea. I truly believe, truly believe in verse 16 that, that if we will simply renew day by day and not lose heart, that we will see power through our lives. And it might be one person coming to Christ through what you say. It might be 5,000 people, but either way, the heavens rejoice because God's purpose and his plan led to an eternal salvation from somebody you spoke to. And so we have verse 7 through 15 that tell us why they, why they are able to renew day by day, why they are able to keep their heart. And then we find verse 17 through 18 on how, in the world, how they were able to continue to renew and keep their minds in the right spot. That affliction, looking at it as light, looking at it as momentary, you know, those things that Paul used to remind themselves Many people have lost heart in this. Many of you sitting at home might be losing heart and going, hey, this corona thing, this not being able to be at church has just run me down. There's some great things coming up at Cornerstone that you're gonna love, but right now, don't lose heart. Continue to do the things you need to do. Continue to renew day by day, even though you might not be at church with the people you love. And then what we'll do is as you renew anew, you'll become more like Christ. Before we go, I wanna pray for every one of us because I think all of us are in the same boat. We've all, we've all got to this place where we get run down. We've all got to the place where we lose heart or on the verge of losing heart. And every one of us needs to be renewed day by day. So let's do that now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this great opportunity to share your word. And I hope that today's message is an encouragement to everybody that listened to it to keep heart move forward and remain in you. I pray that as we get ready to move forward in our lives and in our lives with you, that, you will be re- that we will renew, be renewed day by day by the things that we do and the things that we put in. And Father, if there's anyone listening to this who has never in their lives understood what it is to put their heart in your hands, I pray that they will do that today. And I pray that anyone losing heart will feel your spirit comfort them at this moment and that you will begin to renew that heart that feels lonely and that feels like it's not in place. And so, Father, we just ask this in all of your, in your mighty name, bring power into everything we speak, bring power into the life as we walk into every room. And it's in your name we pray. Some of you today, for the very first time, might've decided I'm gonna give my life to Christ. That is the greatest news that we could hear as a church. And so one of the great things that you can do is let us know this on your journey, uh, your new journey. There's a there's a link before at Journey Point. Uh, if you can jump in that, we'll have some hosts talk to you. They'll walk you through that. So you can check that out and make sure you connect with us. Make sure you let us know what's going on. And for the rest of you who might not have been at that point but enjoyed the message or the worship, Tag it, send it to somebody. Make sure you share this video so that it can maybe change someone's life or at least your family, your friends can hear all about it. With that said, I wanna give us a little benediction. I want you to know that number one, this family misses you. I I hear it in their voices. I hear it when I talk to to the pastors, they miss you guys. So keep holding on, keep being strong. Keep Keep on social media. Let us know what's going on in your life. Just communicate with us, that'd be great. But with that, I'd like to say benediction. Father, we thank you. And we ask that you bless and keep every one of us, that you keep us safe, you guard our hearts, and you allow us to live not in our insecurities, but in our strength and in the power that you have given us. Let us share this treasure with all people. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, that's all for this week.